Welcome to Beyond Podcast. I'm your host, Anthony Petrels, and we are super excited for today's guest. This is a kid that I got to see uh, play hoops a few times, but uh, as a Beyond coverage, I got to see him twice, uh, both in big games. One is, um, you know, was this past year was like a summer book classic that they played at Tufts University. Uh, and another one last year, the year before when he was a junior, they played Malden High School, which is always a huge rival of Mefford as well. So I saw him really just kind of perform and be the best player on the court both times that I saw them and covered it beyond. Uh, and and it's taking a really cool path to graduate high school and going over to Link University, which is over in Rome. Um, and he's going to be playing for their their team as well as signing on with a, a, a pro team as well. So he's going to talk a little bit about that, but really cool, uh, really excited to have on today. So without further ado, Ladies and gentlemen, Anthony Texera Kugler. Thank you for having me. Yeah, man, we're excited. I, as I said, you know, we we saw you play a few times. I'm a Mefford teacher, and you know, we cover Mefford teams a little bit more. A lot of former students I have. I know I didn't have you per se, but I know I had a lot of your teammates and a lot of kids in the school. So, you know, I pay attention to high school sports. I coached it for a long time. And, you know, I've covered a lot of hoops teams. And, you know, I can count on a hand one hand of players that really stood out. And you're definitely on that count. So uh, it's been fun watching you play high school ball as well. So uh, talk a little bit about your, 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 you know, just dream with basketball. I know you're kind of like all basketball all day, every day, uh, and you're very good at it. And obviously we're going to talk later about, you know, what you're doing with your career, but uh, talk about a little bit, just your love, passion for basketball, how you got into it, things like that. Um, so in my childhood, like for the people that don't know, I'm adopted and, um, really it started in like the adoption home. Like I hadn't an adopted brother and um, he put a basketball in my hands at the age of three. And it was like one of those little like mini hoops. And from then on, it was just, it was just the love. Um, he loved Kobe Bryant and he would show me videos every day of Kobe saying like, you, you got to follow this man's lead. Like you have so much potential in you. Like I already see it. Like just when I would be like shooting it, playing with him. And as I grew up over the years, like that that was the one thing that stayed consistent in my life and like was always there for me. So I was always in the gym every night instead of going to parties or going to people's houses. Like I was always in the gym, always staying consistent. And uh it just kept growing and I just I just made a promise to my parents that like it was always school and always basketball and I was gonna make it as far as I could, like for them to provide for them and that's just how I've like started to like form myself is like through basketball, like it's basketball, everything like school first and then basketball all the time. Yeah. Basketball doesn't change. Right. It's like that language for you. Like no matter where you've been or where you or a different path that you've taken basketball is basketball. There's always a court. There's always a ball. There's always that to go play it somewhere that never changes. So it's great to hear that it's, you know, something that's gotten you through your life and obviously something that you cherish. You mentioned Kobe. Is that who you would say? Like, I, you know, I find it so interesting because I'm obviously a little bit older and I say a little bit, meaning I'm like double your age, but like, you know, I'm looking in the era of like 2005. I'm trying to do the math. I'm guessing you were born right around then. That's what your email was. So is Kobe the guy you emulated a game around? I mean, LeBron kind of started off right around that time too. So like, how do you look at yourself as a player and who in the NBA can you kind of maybe say, I kind of copycat this game a little bit? Um, I mean, I definitely look at a lot of different players. Kobe Bryant is definitely my idol. Like, and I try to copy his worth ethic all the time. Like, whether it's, 
being in the gym, working on my game, putting myself in uncomfortable like drills and situations to make myself better or like going to the weight room, lifting, like whatever it is, I definitely followed in his footsteps. And being like an undersized player, another person that I tried to like emulate was Isaiah Thomas from the Boston Celtics, like 5'9 Isaiah Thomas, because he was always undersized, always like crafty, always like right in people's faces, like giving it his all. And that like, and being able to watch him being a Boston Celtics fan, like that really inspired me too. So I feel like I tried to copy both of their games and like emulate it into myself. Yeah, I mean, I mean, Isaiah Thomas is so interesting because I felt like there was a point when he was a Celtic that every shot he took, he felt like he was going to score. Like you were almost more surprised when he missed than he was when he hit. Like that's, I mean, how clutch he was in the fourth quarter and like just big, I mean, an unbelievable year. So I'm, I'm glad you say someone like that because that is a guy who grinds and maybe that's something that obviously for you and what you're going to do and what you've done and have accomplished and so on. So, you know, I mentioned that I covered you at the high school level um, a couple of games, but obviously I've gone to a few other games, just gone as a spectator more than anything or looked up the box score and the paper online to kind of see how you guys were doing or Twitter and things like that. Um, but what I've noticed about you is if I, I mean, I'm not like a basketball guy, like I'm more of a football coach, football guy, but it was just watching like uber athletic. But I would also say that you have like great ball handling skills, like the way you can kind of move with the ball when you drive. Even when I was there, when we had the Harlem Wizards and they had like the teachers versus the Harlem Wizards and like you were on the court with like four other guys, like playing them for real. And I'm not saying this because you're here. I thought you were the best player on the court. Like, I thought, like, they couldn't really cover you. Like, you dazzled with your passes. Like, you had complete control of yourself playing with them. And you kind of shot a few threes and hit it. When I covered you, that's what I see. You're a big three-ball shooter, but you can really control the ball and dribble it really well. Uh, Just talk about your game a little bit. Like, where do you see your biggest strengths right now? And maybe what are some things that you also, on the flip, might work on a little bit or know that you need to work on a little bit more, especially this next step for you. Um, Yeah, for sure. One of, one of my strengths is moving with the ball. Like since the young age and I give all credit to my foster brother, like he would have me dribbling with two balls and have like those goggles on my face where you couldn't look down and he would put the weighted gloves on my hand. And that just showed me like, that really gave me a feel for a basketball and like how to control it. And like, ever since then, like I'll be outside in my driveway. Like it doesn't involve a hoop. You don't need a hoop to work on your ball handling. So I'll be outside like for 20 minutes every day doing different, like dribbling drills and stuff. It's just, I don't know. It's just a love for the game. Like, are you a righty or a left day? Are you a righty or left day? I'm a righty. So what, in basketball, I mean, obviously, I know you can dribble a ball. Would you argue that you can dribble just as well with your left hand than you do with your right hand, or are you more comfortable righty? I'm definitely more comfortable with my right, but, uh, like, I stay – like, I and when I'm working out, like, I work out with my left way more than my right just to get it stronger. Like, I'll have my right hand tied behind my back, things like that, just to force myself to use my left hand because – like, even though I can use both hands, I know my left hand can definitely get stronger. Both hands can definitely get stronger. So it's just wanting to get better. Will you drive lefty, like, in a games? Which, I mean, I've seen you kind of drive to the lane both ways, but would you drive lefty hard? Like, and basketball is probably a tough scout for you. If you can drive the lane both sides with both hands, it's not like they can play you one side or the other. Like, you can balance with both. 
can you drive lefty pretty comfortably? Like you feel comfortable doing that? Yeah, like definitely as my high school um, career progressed, like I started off very uncomfortable with my left hand, but having Coach Scary and Coach Tatora, like they they made it so that I would drive with my left hand. And I like, you know, it's not just me, it's them, my teammates, everybody. Like they all pushed me to get better and they all forced me to be uncomfortable with my left side. So now it's really what where the defender forces me, that's where I'm going. Like I'm comfortable both ways. That's so interesting. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, I had on, you, you mentioned your coaches, I had on Justin Marino here, maybe a few months back. And the one thing we talked about a little bit was, and I'll ask you the kind of the same question, your basketball, like practice style, like you guys kind of were like, you know, in-game situations, you know, shooting drills, whatever. But then all of a sudden it's kind of jumping into the cardio and in the middle of practice, 20, 25 minutes of cardio, doing different things. And then hopping right back into kind of the game situation stuff, which I think is great learning how to play tire, learning how to play, like, you know, you're huffing and puffing. And that's kind of when you have to think a little bit more than maybe the physical aspect of the game. So the only way you practice those situations is being in those situations. Uh, talk about their practice style and maybe how much that helped develop your game. You mentioned it a little bit, but even more so you could like add on to that. For sure. Like um, we would start off with, a shooting drill, like you start off with layups, everybody got to make, you have to make 25 in a row, then you start with the mid ranges and then you work your way to the three. And then you would do a partner shooting drill for about 20 minutes. And then the loser uh, has to run like down and back in a minute, they have to do 10 down and backs. So it was all conditioning. And then we would go into like in-game situations, like we would split off into teams and there would be like 30 seconds left on the clock. Like, what do you do in this situation? Like, you, we went straight from running to like us wanting to like stop and get water to like in-game situations. You might be tired at the end of the game, but what do you do? Like, you have to forget about all that and focus on that single moment. And I feel like that was very big for us and very helpful for us because we found out about ourselves that even though we were a great team and we worked together, we always found a way to make it interesting at the at the end of the game. We were always in late game situations, but I think that the way they coached us and the way they practiced with us and put us in those situations made us way more comfortable. And I saw when we would be in the games, the other teams weren't practicing that. So we had the upper hand. So even though it was hard in practice and they went hard on us, like at the end of the day, it was worth it because in games, it won us games that we needed to win. Yeah. Um, what I found so interesting. So I'll add on to that. So let's talk about your playoff game. Just even this past season, you guys went down halftime, big deficit. So I'm going to ask you this in two parts, but uh, the first part I want you to answer is talk about that because I even read that you guys in the fourth quarter were even on a 24 to 10 run to kind of end that game. And I know the game kind of came down to some controversial free throws, which is a game should never really come down to that when it's under a certain amount of time, but um, you know, it does. And that's what happened. You guys ended up losing the game by a point, but you were down big in Peabody playing Peabody. You came out the second half. So one, just maybe talked about what clicked and then maybe we could go backwards being like, what was said in that locker room for you guys to come out the way that you did, especially in the fourth quarter you dropped 16 i think in the fourth quarter alone you scored 22 so uh even you kind of had a spark lit under you a little bit so just talk about maybe that and like like you said when you guys could play man you guys could play 
Yeah, for sure. I mean, it all comes down to team chemistry and trust. Like, that's what we were big on the whole year. Um, our team was definitely – like, this was definitely my favorite team to play on because we were all so connected. Like, whether it was in the hallways, like, after school, going to go get food, like, we were always together. So we had that trust on the court. And going into the playoff game – we were very young, like we had a very young team this year. So we had a lot of inexperienced players and that hadn't been in like a big moment like that before. Like me, Sam, Joey, like we've been in that moment before, but I don't think anybody else was besides us. So like we really had to be the floor generals in that moment, in that game on the big stage. And in the first half, I think that the nerves just got to us. Like, we, we were too much into our heads. Like, we watched film for days. We were ready. We game plan. I think we were just thinking about it too much. And we were we – were, it wasn't really Peabody beating us. Like, yes, they were beating us, but I feel like we were beating, like, ourselves. Like, right, we were just right. thinking about it too much, not sticking to the game plan. But definitely at halftime, I remember, like, I'm not going to lie. Like I was, I, I started crying. Like I was in the locker room and I was crying because I was underperforming and I hate that feeling. And I remember Sam and Joey came over to me and so did coach scary. And they looked at me and they were like, it's not just you. It's all of us. You know, it's like, we all got to pick each other up and this is not going to be our last game playing together. I promise you that. And I feel like that's the moment that like clicked with us. I took that towel, like, wiped my face, and I looked at everybody, and I was like, nah, we got this. We got this. We came out in the second half, and we just had our foot on the gas. And um, in the huddles, like, as we were cutting down the lead, we just got the confidence, and everybody was coming up, like, hitting our backs, like, on the bench and being like, you got this, like, keep going. And the energy just kept going up and up, and you could feel, like, the energy shifting in that gym. It was definitely the craziest game I've ever been a part of. And even though it ended in a loss on that, like, bad call at the end, like, I wouldn't want to go out with, like, another set of teammates because they, like, they they were honestly the best and best team I've ever played on, so. Yeah. No, it's great, man. You guys were fun to watch. I know even last season you started a little slow. You guys had some injuries, and then you just went on a run. I think you won probably like 14, 15 games in a row, something like that. Um, and and obviously that led into the playoffs. And you know, it wasn't like you guys lost a game that you 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 had it. <laughs> like you really had it in a sense. Um, and even the year before that, I you know, just talking about you a little bit more in the playoffs. I mean, you played Methuen as a you know, your junior it was, you know, I think the final was like 69, 64. You know, I know like in football, sometimes when you look in the paper and there's a box score and the score ends up being 21, nothing, but the game was like seven, nothing, probably to like six minutes left in the game. And then, you know, teams take chances and sometimes the floodgates open for a team. So, you know, the box score isn't like kind of matching what the game really was. So five point game in basketball could have been like a possession or two that really came down to and, and so on that you could probably think of that came back, but you know, you dropped 38 as a junior and against Methuen, who's a good team. I know their coach was a former method coach before then too so uh it was a little bit of an added game but for you to drop 38 against a really good squad some really good players on there uh kind of stood out to me at the end of your junior year and then even like we mentioned i think you dropped 22 in this playoff game so in two playoff games you dropped 60 points you average about you know a 
about 30 points a, a game. Uh, that's pretty impressive for a high school kid with two playoff games under his belt. Um, so that was, that was really cool stat to read about you. I mean, do you live for that big moment? Like, are you afraid of that big moment? Are you afraid of taking that big shot? I mean, talk about your mentality. Cause to me, 30 points averaging in a high school game is pretty impressive in two playoff games. Is that your instinct, man? Like, are you just a shoot or shoot? Like they say, and you just kind of want the ball in your hand. Um, I mean, I definitely get nerves before big games like anybody else. But at the end of the day, like I said before, I got to give like all credit to like my teammates and my coaches because they have endless amount of trust in me. And they say they run plays and they say, I want the ball in your hands like you are taking this shot. And I feel like that's what gives me that confidence. And like having them behind me my family behind me telling me like I got this all my friends telling me like what I can do like all that puts confidence in me so I definitely am now like if I were to look back on my life like when I was younger I was definitely afraid of the big moment but now it's like I I thrive in it like that's what I feed off of because at the end of the day it's just it's just a basketball game and you know I love it so having all that pressure on me it's just like, I'm not going to fold. Like, I'm going to do better. And that really comes from, like, we talked about Kobe Bryant because he lived for that moment. And yeah. watching him play and have that mentality, I was like, I want to be like him. Like, I want people to remember that in the big moments. Like, I showed up. Like, I want to be there. So, yeah. No, and I, and it's, it's a mentality. I think that's a really good mentality. And that is, I think, sometimes what separates like good players in high school from great players, right? Like you have that mentality of wanting the ball and understanding that the game's on the line and not being nervous about that. I mean, even as a coach, you get nervous in those situations. You call the right play, you have the right guys in, you think in the right way defensively. Like, you know, you have those doubts. So to be the person that you know you're getting the ball, you know you're going to be the one that gets open, you know the play's designed and set for you. Where you're going to be shooting from releasing. I mean, I'm sure there's a lot that goes into it. How many career buzzer beaters have you had? You have you had any high school career or just teams that you played on? So to win, I haven't had any career buzzer beaters, but I've had three. I have I had one in each state tournament game. So I hit one at the end of the Methuen game and one going into halftime in the Peabody game. And then my sophomore year. I had a buzzer beater to force overtime at home against uh, Everett, which was pretty electric because Everett's that like powerhouse. And it's like, you just want to take them down. So those are the three big moments and buzzer beaters that I've had. So, yeah. And that's a mentality, man. And to be able to take those shots and continue to take those shots, I think is, is something that, you know, maybe makes your mindset stand out just a little bit more and can handle that big stage. I was going to ask you, I mean, all the teams in the GBL, I mean, I know Mefford and all in a huge rivals. I was going to ask you, is it different in basketball? I know that's huge in football, but in basketball, which, I mean, is it what you said with ever, is that the team you always kind of want to beat when you play them? Or is there a certain team that stands out a little bit more? Uh, I would say it's definitely between Malden and Everett. Like, those were the two games where we always, like, had circled, always wanted to beat them, especially. Um, especially this year, we felt in the past years that, like, we let some games slip away from, like, one. So, out of the two, for me personally, I think our biggest rival was Everett because that's that team that you just – 
see on the schedule and is like, I want to beat this team and I want to beat them bad. Like, I just want to give them a big loss and like come out of their gym and yeah. have that win on our back. So I definitely think it's Everett. Yeah. And, you know, and I think it's the same thing, like with football and basketball, I think it's always kind of those two schools and, you know, they're always the powerhouse in the GBL and they're always the team to beat and everyone's chasing. So I think when you have those moments that you can play well with them or play into overtime with them or even knock them off for you, it's huge. It's a program booster as well. Like here we are, we knocked down Goliath and, and, uh, that's a great accomplishment and so on. So I get one of the, I mean, for me, it was always Austin prep and St. Mary's in our league. It was just like, those were the games you got juiced for because you knew you were in for a tough physical, tough game. And like, you loved it, you know, it was a game of adjustment. It was a game of like chess in a way. And, uh, it was fun. So, you know, people do strive in those moments and certain teams, they like playing a little bit more. Um, before we jump into your next steps, obviously I'm a Medford public school teacher, you go to Medford high school, I know your dad, you know, your dad's a great guy. I worked with him. He's actually his program for the summers coming in with my program for half a day. So it's been really cool and fun with that. Uh, but for you, is there a teacher that stands out? I'll give you a chance to give a shout out to any teacher you've had in Medford that stands out that, you know, someone that you have coaches that obviously affect you in a certain way, but you obviously have teachers that do as well. So I'll give you a chance to give someone a shout out if you'd like. Uh, I would say I'll give a big shout out to Miss Jones at, uh, the high school she had me freshman year and ever since then we've had like a like a bond I've always like stopped by in her class and she's always like talked to me about whatever sports what so be it and she's always like had me motivated whether it was school work because like I care about my grades a lot she always helped me with work and she was like always a supporter at games always brought like that big time energy so Big shout out to Ms. Jones for sure. Yeah, man, I think that's important. You know, as I do this, like a lot of the podcast stuff that we do is obviously covering high school sports and coaches. And we've done more obviously with athletes having yourself on like many others. Uh, but we also do a lot with like community and we do a lot with the elementary schools and I do a lot of fun stuff with my school in particular. And, uh, you know, so it's always good to hear some of these athletes when they come on, they give these teachers shout out because, you know, as directly affected as you are with the coaches that you have and they have an influence on your life. You know, these teachers, obviously like someone like yourself who said you care about your grades and that's important to you you're obviously going to have those that kind of motivate you in the classroom to want to be better and want to do more so that's cool to hear you know and, and shout out to her that's cool that you know someone like you it stands out to her or you should say she stands out to you so um that that's real cool um all right so your your career your your next step and what you're doing i think is really interesting and i think it's really cool and i'm just like a fan. Like I just kind of want to hear and know all about this. So for me, you're going to schools at link university, um, which is in Rome. Is that correct? Is that in Rome? Yeah, it's in Rome. It's like five minutes from the Vatican. Like it's right in the middle. So you yeah. are like right there, dude. You are like the, the Holy grail of, of everything. Okay. So, yeah. so you're there and obviously that and you're going to be playing hoop, but you're also going to be joining a pro club team as well. You signed on with them. So I'm just interested, like talk, I, I've never heard this before of kids kind of going over and playing overseas immediately. Obviously you're still going to school and so on, but you are playing in, in a different country. And I'm just so interested in the choice and development of your game and maybe why you thought was this was the best choice for you yeah for sure so I definitely like I had different choices going into college of different places to um play basketball and uh study and I felt very fortunate for that because I know that like a lot of kids would 
love to have that. And um, I'm always grateful for it. And as I met, like, all the coaches um, and went through all the opportunities, like, I went to different camps, did different workouts with people. Um, then this opportunity, like, went on my radar. And, uh, you know, it was definitely scary because it's, like, it's in another country, you, the language barrier, all that. But I flew out. Um, I did a workout with them. I met some of the kids on the, the, the college team. And right away, I just knew it was, like, this is where I want to be. This is a community that I want to be in. And what really made me decide to go there was – the uncomfortableness, even though that like kind of sounds weird. Um, my dad has always told me like, make yourself uncomfortable because you learn about yourself way better in uncomfortable situations than in situations where you're comfortable. Um, so that was definitely a big part of it. And also like, it's one of the most beautiful cities in the world, Right. best food, all that, but at the end of the day, I also saw a chance to see my game grow because I watched European basketball after this got on my radar, and it's very center-focused. It's very big-man-focused. It's not really focused on the guards. So I'm used to U.S. basketball where it's guard-focused. Yeah. So it's, an, it's another situation where I can learn about a different way of playing basketball and also, like, learn about myself as a player. And that really excited me. So I feel like all those factors just put it on a higher stage. And I just couldn't turn down the opportunity. I mean, that's unbelievable to kind of hear that that was your thought process behind all of it from just, you know, putting yourself into an uncomfortable situation. I mean, geez, you're going to a different country halfway across the world. I mean, yeah, that's a pretty uncomfortable, so a little bit of an uncomfortable situation for yourself being by yourself. But obviously for you, like yeah, the picture we even posted on our IG story today was like you holding your jersey with a beautiful background, like you said. So obviously putting yourself in a situation of once in a lifetime, many people don't get to do that. And you get to get an education as well as play hoop. Uh, what are you looking to take up at school there? Is there something that stood out to you even from an academic standpoint to be traveling so far as well? So the cool thing about the school is, so it's half of the school is an Italian university, which is in all Italian. And then half of the school is in partnership with the U.S. So it's in English. So I'll be having my classes in English oh. and I'll take an Italian class because I want to learn the language. I want to like, now I don't want to be the American coming over and not care about the culture. Like, I definitely want to learn about the culture. But what really stood out was how small the school is. Like, on the American side, there's, like, 400 kids. Like, it's not it's not big at all. And they just give really cool, like, programs. Like, I'm starting off in international business just to ease my way in. But, like, they have programs for, like, sports medicine and I've also, I'm honestly like thinking about switching into that like after my first year because that could bring you down so many paths and like keep you in the game right. longer past your playing days but they definitely have a lot of cool programs and just the whole vibe of the school I talked to some kids and they loved it like they didn't they would not turn back and go back to the United States like yeah. they want to stay there and this school has made them want to stay there so Definitely hearing that too was definitely like, yeah, I want to be here. 
for sure. That's crazy. So when when are you flying out? When does semester start for you? Is it a different time period, different country, or is it all kind of still the same start time? It's still the same start time, but I'll be flying out there August 23rd because I have to go through like a whole combine and uh, body evaluation and physical, like like a physical that would happen here just over there to make sure that I'm okay, I'm ready to play, and I'm like in good health. But it classes start in September, like around the time that it starts here. Yeah. So, okay. So that's all that still the same start time. Now you also mentioned uh, what I read about you too, was that you also signing on with like a, like a pro club team. So you're going to be playing for two separate teams. You're going to have your college university team that you're playing for. And how does that work and balance off you? Because that's like, I mean, that's a full-time job really. I mean, on top of a full-time job. So how does that work for you as far as scheduling goes between your university team, as well as this team that you sign with? For sure. So, um, that was something that caught my eye. Like, I didn't even think that that was, like, possible. But uh, I talked to the coaches. So, obviously, your schoolwork comes first. That's with everything. But once that happens, your club team always comes first. So, there will be times where it will overlap. And if it does overlap, you should go with your pro club team instead of the college team. And so, that's like known, like they, that's like a kind of unwritten rule in a sense. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So if there is any overlap, you go with your pro club team before the college team, but um, the college team that they have worked in partnerships with all the clubs throughout Italy. So there won't be much overlap to begin with, but if there is, you go with your pro club team. Now, have you ran, like you obviously were over there, you had pictures over there. Did you like run games with these guys that you're going to be playing with or teammates or so on? Like, where do you stand as far as everybody goes? And age-wise, are you guys similar? Like I know sometimes in basketball, people go to school a little bit later or I know in hockey world, like a freshman in college is like 22 years old now. So is that similar kind of over there or are you playing with guys similar to your age? How does that work? So with the the college team I did run like with them and I had a I played in a game with them and a lot of them are like 20 21 19 um coming from all over the United States and Canada they're all like really cool down earth people um but the one thing I noticed that was different was the pace like you never stop running you like these people are the most in shape people I've seen in my life that was that was really cool to see and like exciting for me because like I love fast paced games. Yeah, so yeah. I fit right in there. But with your club team, it's like people out of college. So you could be playing with someone that's like 28, 30, that's yeah. like been playing on this team for like five, seven years where you're just starting. So that would definitely be different. Like I'll be playing with like full grown men on my pro team, like my pro team. So Looking forward to that because that will yeah. definitely put you in shape too. So, Well, yeah, and gets you also to maybe develop different aspects of your game as you're playing with grown men who have been hitting the weight room hard for X amount of years and playing in all sorts of big situations and so on. Yeah, you know, it's just experience more than anything else. Now, what is your ultimate goal with this? Or maybe you just don't know yet, but like is there is there like a thought for you that this is a way to maybe eventually play professionally over in Europe or play, 
European professional basketball? Or do you think you hope that it leads you back here? I mean, what is maybe, and you might not know, you might have no idea yet, right? But is there, has there been thought put into that as far as like what you're, I'm just so intrigued. I think this is really interesting and smart. And you, you're talking about the pace of the game. And you're talking about how it's center centric versus the game in the United States. So it's like, you're kind of studying and understanding what you're doing here and what you're also walking into. Uh, you've played with the guys, so you understand the pace and how you said the game's faster. So these are things that you're learning and that you're pretty comfortable with as a player to say, Hey, this is what I know about what I'm doing in my next step in my, in my basketball game. Um, but what is maybe your biggest step for you? Um, I mean, the biggest thing is, well, one, I want to definitely learn about myself and the highest potential I have and the best player I can turn out to be for sure. But I I also thought about this as like a long-term thing because I know I'm going to want to stay in like a profession where I'm giving back to the community and giving back to kids that have like the same love as me for basketball. Like I'm looking to become like a, a trainer or a coach one day. So I'm also looking at this as like an opportunity to see like different sides of basketball and like see the full picture. Like I've seen and lived the American way, but now I'm looking to see like a different perspective and just see my full potential and see where that leads me. And if it leads me far, then I'll definitely take that path. But if it makes me learn other things and makes me view basketball differently and want to go into the coaching profession, like I feel like also having that point of view on both sides will be very like big for me. So that was my biggest takeaway from it. Okay. So let's flip to some of the fun stuff. I want to ask you about you. Like, first of all, what song, like if, if you go to play a big game right now, what's the first song that you're putting on that maybe you're running out of a tunnel to, or coming out into the court to warm up, what song you put it on or what artist uh, too? What artist? I'll definitely say Dreams and Nightmares by Meek Mill. Oh, okay. Only because I'm I'm a very big energy guy. Like I'm I'm the energy of the team. Like I, I talk a lot. I'm always clapping, always trying to hype people up. And I feel like that song is literally like a hype song. Like uh once the beat drops on that song, I feel like that embodies my my energy. Like I'm just all like giving it my all. So that's my go-to song for sure. Yeah, it's so interesting. I was uh, I worked with a podcast back last summer, and it's called The Turntable Teachers. This guy, Mike Scarfo, great guy. We've worked a lot of different things with him. But he's a high school basketball coach at Andover High School, and he's a high school teacher there. And he has a podcast about local Boston music, local Massachusetts music, and he's killing it right now. But he did like a sweet 16. Actually, I think it was like March Madness. I don't think it was the summer. But he did like a sweet 16 of like hype music that you would want to come out to. And like we set up polls on Instagram, people voted, and you know, we kind of sponsored the event and and worked with them on it. And Dreams and Nightmares was the winner. And it was kind of a blowout, honestly, every round, like whoever they went against, it was an absolute blowout. So it's so funny to hear you say that because I didn't realize how big that was, I guess, amongst the high school kids. Like, you know, when I think of music, I've heard coaching and, you know, Drake was always huge where I coached. And so to kind of hear that, I was really blown away that it beat some of the songs that it beat for sure. Yeah, for sure. Like we had that on our playlist wherever we went. Like it got everybody going. So yeah. Um, and, and just for you, like, do you now have you met your coach? Do you know who your coaches are as far as either team goes? And have you had conversations with them at all? Or 
yeah, I've met I've met both of them, and um, they're they're honestly really chill, really down to earth people. And um, I think the more intriguing one though is the college like itself, like the college coach, because it's a it's a woman, and um, I've never had a female coach in my life, yeah. but she's been to the Olympics uh, three times. She's won medals twice and she played professionally herself. And I watched, like I walked in and I saw her shooting around and I was like, like, wow, she's like, she can hoop too. So I think that perspective of like having like a coach who's been to the Olympics, like that, that's insane. Like, so I'm definitely looking forward to that one a little bit more and just because I feel like that's great insight that like you can't get from a lot of people. Yeah, I mean, it seems like in a, in a sense, you're really just kind of getting a cool different education and a lot of different aspects of basketball that you might not have seen. I mean, so many times, like even coaches, you sometimes you get wrapped up so much in what you're doing or what you run and what your system is that you sometimes don't get to see like how different other coaches can be or other programs can be and how they do off season stuff to whatever. Um, so it's interesting. Yeah. And you have that with two different coaches. You're going to be hearing maybe two different perspectives, you know, parallel to each other as well. So that's going to be interesting in your development uh, in this game. I mean, I'm going to ask you this, cause I think this is a cool question. This is usually one of the last questions I kind of ask, but in your case, I'm interested to hear your answer. Uh, you know, what's your advice to young high school athletes out there who are looking to make that next step and play collegiately, whether it's in the United States or playing outside of the United States to continue to follow their dreams and passion of playing that game as long as they can? Um, I would definitely say, like, always follow your dreams, always believe in yourself. Like, anybody can tell you anything, but you have to believe in yourself first. If you don't believe in yourself, you're not going to get anywhere. But my biggest piece of advice would definitely be, like, keep your options open. Like, don't just jump at the first opportunity, even though it may look good, because you want to you want to feel different situations and want to see how they affect you. Because, um, like, I honestly like if I didn't go out to Italy, like, I don't know if I would have made that decision. So, like, you want to you want to see every situation and how it makes it feel before you make your decision. Like one thing could look so good, but then you say yes to it without seeing how it actually is. And then you might turn out to not like it. So definitely keep your options open, keep your mind open and it's okay to be uncomfortable. I think that's the most beautiful thing about it is because you learn about yourself way more. So uh, that's definitely what I would say. I mean, that's great advice. Uh, do you, do you speak uh, any other language? Do you speak multiple languages? I mean, I understand Spanish. Okay. So I understand. But still, there was like, there were similarities okay. a little bit. So, okay. So there's similarities. So, and you understand another language. So it's not like you, I mean, sometimes as they say, you get older, like I couldn't imagine myself learning a different language at 40. Like, no way. Like, I, no way. I just know I couldn't do it. But obviously, when you're younger and, and you know, you're taking those languages in school, yeah, a lot of European languages do have a lot of words that are similar or just maybe said differently or just spelt a little differently that, that do mean the same and are parallel to one another. 
Um, I'm really impressed. I have to say, I'm really impressed. Obviously I was impressed with your basketball game, uh, watching you play. I mean, I follow you on Instagram. I mean, one funny thing that I did want to close out with something kind of really funny. And I'm just curious because it, it got a lot of views now in the summer. I think there was some basketball site on Instagram. I don't know what it was, but you might've been playing in a summer league game or something. And you were like, the ball was going out of bounds and the kid was trying to keep it in bounds or bounce it off of you. And he, I mean, basically hit you in nuts, dude. Right. And you went down like a ton of bricks. I mean, but when you went on Instagram, that thing blew up. Like I, so many people share that. And then there were other sites that were sharing it. Do we have like an official count of how many views or likes that thing got? Because I mean, I know it wasn't great for you, but that and the music that somebody had to it was, and I even posted on our story and kind of did something funny with it too. Uh, but talk about that. I mean, cause that kind of blew up on social media a little bit. I thought it was really funny. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Like in the moment it, it's terrible. Terrible. So terrible. I, <laughs> I, I know exactly what you're talking about. So it was actually during our season this year, but like, oh, okay. it kind of, it kind of like didn't get shown for a little bit, but then it like we got posted to overtime, like everything. yes, so overtime. That's he, what I saw it on. Yeah, he was he was trying to save the ball, and I went to go trap it, and he basically like fired it, and there was someone recording it right there. And in the moment, it was terrible, but afterwards, like once I saw it, and once I saw it was on overtime, I was like, oh, I'm going to be put on like so many videos. Like I just got to take it and put a smile on my face. And I remember the day that it got put on overtime was the day that our basketball team had an outing to the bowling alley. So I didn't know about it. I had my headphones in. I had my hood on. I walk into the bowling alley and everybody's waiting and they're just laughing. And I'm and I'm like, like, why are you laughing? Like, I'm not doing anything different. And they show the phone and I'm like, oh my God, I couldn't believe it. And probably for like a week, I was getting people like DMing me from all over the world. Like I had people in Texas asking if I was okay, like California. It was it was honestly crazy. But I mean, it's all laughs. I mean, I mean, it's unbelievable to be yeah. on something like that and to be seen nationally, maybe even globally in a sense, depending on what people look at. Right. Like that was pretty funny. I mean, yeah, obviously that hurt. Right. But I remember seeing that being like, that thing's going to blow up. And then sure enough, I saw it like on that, like you said, and I was like, geez, I mean, I've, I I want to say that things at at least a couple hundred thousand views yeah. easily. Yeah, um, easily. Yeah. Incredible. I mean, that's incredible stuff. So obviously you're really impressive, uh, you know, speaking to you, like I mentioned, your, your game on the court is unbelievable, but uh, to just kind of hear you talk and really just talking about your decision-making and, you know, being a young kid and moving to a different country halfway across the world to play a different style of basketball with, you know, in a country that doesn't speak the same language that you know and understand so well, and just having a lot of different elements around you to change, to hear your confidence and you're excited and just very impressed by you and impressed by covering you this year and what you've done for your team and and uh just as a high school basketball player uh yeah you one of the best that we've covered the last few years that we've been covering it for sure so i'm excited to follow you i'm excited to kind of keep in touch and obviously promote anything on our end for you we, we gladly will so just keep us in the loop and like i said anything we can do to help you and show your highlights or whatever we're in man just let us know for sure. And big shout out to the Beyond Podcast. They were always there for our basketball team. And I always felt supported by you, like on and off the court. And 
you guys do great work and I've watched all your videos. I follow you guys. Everybody you. that sees this definitely should follow Beyond Podcast. And they're going to keep killing it for sure. So. I appreciate that, man. I really do. That means a lot. We cover a lot of teams and I know the work that goes into it. I coach for a long time. I understand what student athletes got to do. Uh, and especially those that really want to separate themselves on that next level, like yourself, you know, you're willing to kind of jump over mountains if need be. So uh, it's cool to be able to highlight that. It's cool for people to see a different side of you and who you are as well. And like I said, nothing but the best from here and anything you need, let us know. Uh, so, so without, uh, without any more here, guys, uh, I'm Anthony from beyond podcast till next time.